You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. talented host of the program with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. You know, King Fu, the uh, Pomeranian, and myself, about 5.15 this morning, we were wondering exactly what the heck was going on. And then we remembered... It is exactly the Friday before Valentine's Day, and the chocolate lady was up and going. 5.15, she was getting her way, making her way over to Peterbrook Chocolatier to start getting all those chocolate-dipped strawberries ready for you. Because remember, at Peterbrook Chocolatier, the strawberries are same-day dipped. You're not going to get a chocolate-dipped strawberry for that special someone for this Valentine's Day holiday that was dipped, say, on Tuesday. It's going to be same-day dipped. And so off she went, 5.15 this morning, getting you ready for Valentine's Day 2021. Of course, they're going to take the best care of you, of anyone out there at Peterbrook Chocolatier. Joined on this Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports by the executive producer of the program, Jacob Harrison, who together we combine to form the 60 of sports talk radio what about it jacob how you doing on this friday morning you know i'm in high spirits uh jj watt getting released sounds like a a a good destination for him to join his brothers up in the berg yeah i mean you got enough you got enough cap room though for jj can you make it work financially for jj can you get the brother discount man that front office they figure it out every single year every every (laughs) single offseason the steelers go in everybody say oh they're in cap hell they're never gonna figure it out Mm -hmm. what are they gonna do about roethlisberger's contract and then every year they they sign some guy uh like eric ebron this past year that made absolutely zero sense at the start of the the off season, there was no way they could figure that out, and they do it. So I, I trust uh, the Kevin Colbert and, and the GMs. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the Rooneys, you trust absolutely. You know, the Steelers are basically when it comes to economics and making things work. The Steelers, I guess, are kind of the NFL version of Alabama football. 
Same thing with Alabama football. You look at the number of scholarships and you look at the number of guys that Alabama will bring in on an annual basis and you kind of scratch your head a little bit and you say basically the same thing. In Sabanomics, we trust. It always works out. The numbers always seem to work out. And speaking of tight ends like Eric Ebron and speaking of numbers, Alabama added a tight end to its class of 2022 recruiting Hall earlier today when Elijah Brown, a four-star tight end from Dayton, Ohio, cast his pledge to Nick Saban in the Alabama Crimson Tide. Complete coverage of that for you right now at BamaOnline.com. Hank South, recruiting analyst for us there at BOL, all over that one. Did a podcast in the lead-up to that commitment with Hank and Hank on the podcast, you can hear the details there. Uh, of course, Hank outlines it for you, but pretty much sums up covering recruiting. Uh, it, haven't done it in a long time, but I certainly can relate. Great story, great insight into Hank South sort of stumbling upon Elijah Brown and this pending commitment that was on the way for the Alabama Crimson Tide here in the last week. So Elijah Brown, 6'5", 230 pounds. You go and you watch his clips from his sophomore and uh, and also his, his junior seasons on the prep level. And a lot like so many of these other new wave tight ends, I guess you could say. He does play in line some in high school, but more often than not, what you see is a guy who's flexed out, a guy who is outright split out. From time to time, they move him around. They use him in sort of that move role as an H-back. So it looks like a lot of versatility. And it's a position where Alabama has continued to need to add quality numbers. Uh, It's been pretty high profile. The guys like Eric Gilbert that have gone elsewhere in recent years. But uh, Alabama continuing to stockpile at the tight end position. Added a couple here mid-year. Robbie Oots for the class of 2021. And then... Caden Clark, another Ohioan. I guess that's how you say that. Ohioan. Yeah. Caden Clark from the 2020 class who actually gray-shirted. He had a knee injury back in October of 2019. So his his enrollment at Alabama was deferred until last month. So you got a couple of newcomers joining that mix at tight end. Obviously, Miller Forstall. Moving on, Carl Tucker was a one-and-done as a grad transfer. You bring back a dynamic playmaker in Jalil Billingsley. Who knows? He could be an Irv Smith type who is three and out. When it is all said and done, Major Tennyson comes back. Uh, Kendall Randolph obviously gives you some flexibility. Can play some there at that end line. Can play some off the ball, too, at tight end. Uh, Cameron Latou is back at the tight end position. So you've got some veterans in terms of program vets. You've got some playmaking ability in Jalil Billingsley, but you need to continue to stack at that position. And by the way, Bill O'Brien, new offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, primary recruiter, took over the recruitment, I guess you could say, of Elijah Brown. So he gets on the board with a commitment for the 2022 cycle. 205. 205- 342-9904. Actually, I need to make an adjustment there. My bad. My bad. I was told about this. I was prepped on this. And the execution right there did not come off correctly. Temporary number today. Because we're just making it happen, all right? We're making chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what right now. Kudos to our staff for at least giving us 
some type of outlets with the phones. 205-409-7877. Just for today, and then we'll get you back on the old number, ASAP. We're going to talk with Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com, coming up in just a little bit. You got a lot of Alabama-Georgia going on here in the next 24 hours, don't you? You got Alabama Gymnastics at Georgia in Athens tonight. And then you got Alabama, Georgia men's basketball here in Tuscaloosa tomorrow afternoon. That's a 2.30 tip on the SEC Network. Alabama 16-5, and 11-1. Georgia coming in here 12-7 and seven under Tom Crean. 5-7 and seven in the SEC. Uh, Georgia had been on a three-game win streak before heading to Knoxville midweek and losing by eight at Thompson Bowling to the Vols. Severe Wheeler, really good player on the ball. Really good guard for the George Bulldogs, 13.5 points per game. He is the SEC assist leader at 7.3 dimes per contest. Tumani Kamara, 12.6 points. He's a guy that can get on the glass on you a little bit, 7.3 boards. Uh, P.J. Horn. Georgia's got a lot of these nine-a-game guys. You know, they got a lot of these nine-a-game guys. P.J. Horn, 9.2 per game. Andrew Garcia, 9.8 per game. Justin Keir, 9.9 per game. So there you go. You're going to have a lot of that in here tomorrow afternoon. The Dogs averaging 77.8 points per game. That's a tad below the near 80 per game that the Alabama Crimson Tide is averaging per contest. Not a great three-point shooting team in the Georgia Bulldogs. Not terrible either. Right around 33% from three. Now, they prefer not to resort to the volume of threes that Alabama has no problem dialing up. Alabama has taken nearly twice as many threes on the season as has Georgia. So something to keep an eye on there. Now, Alabama has played a couple more games this season than Georgia as well. From the Alabama perspective tomorrow afternoon, obviously the health of Herb Jones and I think we'll hear we'll hear from Nate Oates around noon about the time we go off the air a little bit after that Nate Oates typically will update the media on the eve of a game uh, you wonder about Jawan Gary and the shoulder the upper extremity issue that he had very early in that start against South Carolina on Tuesday night for Alabama at this point as we've talked about the last few days take care of business at home man Beat Georgia, beat Vandy, beat Auburn, and uh, you're pretty much going to be home as the SEC regular season champ. Speaking of basketball, I made my way down to Coleman Coliseum last night. It was a big one for the Alabama women's basketball team hosting Ole Miss. And Ole Miss, if you haven't paid attention, Coach Yo over there, uh, she's recruiting at a high level, brought in a really good transfer from the University of Maryland and Shakira Austin, and Austin was extremely difficult on Alabama last night. Alabama just didn't have enough juice early in the game, fell behind by double digits, came out to start the third quarter, had some energy, had a really good quarter, outscoring Ole Miss 21-8, to but then a 12-0 run from Ole Miss there in the fourth quarter pushed the Rebels back ahead, and Ole Miss gets the job done last night at Coleman on the road by five. So Alabama women's basketball now 
at five and six in the SEC, and still, still, even with losing four in a row, very much in the picture for the women's NCAA tournament. Got to win at Auburn on Sunday, though. I mean, this is an Auburn team on the women's side that hasn't won a game in the conference. You got to win on the road. Now you really need to pick up these next two road games because Florida's not a great team either, although the Gators did upset LSU on the road last night. So no gimmies at this time of year. And when you don't have great depth, this is when it seems to show up the most. And that's been the issue for Alabama women's basketball throughout the season. A lot of pressure on Jasmine Walker and Jordan Lewis and those first three or four, Ariah Copeland, Megan Abrams, uh, to really carry the load. And even if they're just a little bit off in an Alabama, like the men's team, relying on that three-point shot to a large extent, made just four last night in that loss to Ole Miss. Hey, the NFL just dominates, doesn't it? I know Jacob Harrison doesn't have a problem with that, by the way. Big news today, you had Trevor Lawrence holding his personal pro day up at Clemson because he's about to undergo surgery to his non-throwing shoulder, his left shoulder. So you had Urban Meyer up there in Clemson uh, this morning. You had a lot of the NFL decision makers convening upon the upstate of South Carolina to check out Trevor Lawrence before he undergoes that procedure on that shoulder. How about Urban Meyer if you watched the coverage this morning? Urban Meyer was literally the center almost. I mean, he was right in the middle of the throwing uh, this morning up there at Clemson. And so Lawrence does that. Feels like a formality. He's going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. I don't think anybody doubts that at all. Uh, But you had complete blowout coverage on the NFL Network. And I'm down with it. I watched. I watched the coverage. But did we need three analysts? Did we need three analysts on the coverage, Jacob Harrison, to take us through Trevor Lawrence throwing against air? We had a host, and we had three analysts to watch and pour over Trevor Lawrence throwing 52 passes against air this morning. That's what we had. Don't we just need a host to bring us in and take us out, and then one analyst to just kind of give us an idea of what the workout entails, and then just let the... Let the, the, the workout do the work. Yeah. But, man, we love to analyst things up. And I'm an analyst. And I thought it was overanalyzed. Yeah. That's what you had up in Clemson uh, this morning. You also, J.J. Watt is uh, Jacob Harrison uh, excitedly touched on earlier. And the Texans part ways. I think that was uh, sort of a graceful exit. For what? Because were the Texans really going to pay him seventeen and a half million in twenty twenty one? Maybe I guess. And by the way, Jacob Harrison, maybe he can play center for your Pittsburgh Steelers because Marquise Pouncey and his brother Mike. Pretty cool to see twin brothers simultaneously announce their retirements from the NFL, like was the case this morning. A couple of former Florida Gators in the Pounceys. Uh, really good pro careers, too. That's a big hole for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Landon Dickerson, third round. You've been on it. You've been screaming for it, Jacob. You've been demanding Landon Dickerson. I kind of envisioned Landon Dickerson as a Green Bay Packer, but you were quick 
quick to point to the Steelers. I, I think either way, yeah. I think uh, when I think Elaine and Diggerson, I think of founding teams or teams that were pretty much back to the founding era of professional football, like well, the Steelers, the Packers. Maybe the Bears. Lana Diggerson would be a good bear. Lana Diggerson would be a good Buffalo Bill, too. You know, he kind of has that Buffalo Bill feel about him. Do I pick up some Richie Incognito from Lana Diggerson a little bit, Jacob? Is that what I'm picking up? If he was, yeah. if Richie Incognito was a teddy bear off the field, <laughs> then sure. <laughs> On I the field, the, though, absolutely. <laughs> I think the player comp. I do. You're right. I agree. I think the player comp for Landon Diggerson's Richie Incognito. You know, both those guys a little edgy, a little edgy on the gridiron. So a lot to get into on this Friday. We will check in with Pops also later in the program. Uh, we hope Pops has taken at least some decent measures to make sure he celebrates his Valentine in proper fashion. Goodness knows, poor Nana. All these years with Pops, if anyone deserves a good day on Sunday, it's Nana. We don't hold our breath, though, in expectation of Pops coming through in the clutch because it's been documented here on the program, his shortcomings, whether it's birthdays, anniversaries, Valentine's Days, you know. I mean, this is a guy you can't really count on him when there's much in the way of sentimentality or just anything Anything resembling romance with pops, you know, is going to come up. Uh, he's going to come up a little bit short there. What did he get, Nana? He got Nana for Christmas. I, I got to ask him about that again. I forget. It was something for the house, you know. I mean, it wasn't just awful. We're going to head to our first break. When we come back. Charlie Potter of BamaOnline.com will join us. We'll continue to talk some Alabama, Georgia for tomorrow. We'll talk some Alabama football with Charlie Potter as well. All that and more when Southern Fried Sports returns on a Friday, presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier, right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama softball has scheduled three games for this upcoming weekend, including contests in Montgomery, Alabama against Alabama State and Notre Dame, plus a home doubleheader against Louisville. The Crimson Tide will play two games at the Stinger Classic, starting on Friday at 5 p.m. Central against tournament host Alabama State. Alabama returns on Saturday, February 13th at 4.30 p.m. Central to face Notre Dame. Then on Sunday, the Tide will host Louisville on a doubleheader starting at noon Central at Rhodes Stadium. Games in Montgomery are limited to player pass list and no fans will be allowed into Sunday's contest at Road Stadium. The two games in Montgomery will be live streamed, but none will be available on Sunday. For more information, visit RollTide.com. I'll have more in a moment. Everwood Treatment Company is wood treated right. Everwood is the most technologically advanced pressure treated wood available. That means no rotting, no decay, no problems. Just wood treated right. Everwood is your treated wood source and the official pressure treated lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. If you're looking to add or replace decks, outdoor structures, or commercial jobs, choose Everwood for wood treated right. If you need it, we'll get it to you. To locate your local Everwood store, visit everwoodtreatment.com. Everwood Treatment, official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. We've got you covered for Alabama men's basketball against Georgia on Saturday afternoon in Tuscaloosa. Alabama remains atop the SEC standings at 11-1 in conference play, while Georgia is 5-7 in the league. 
Tip-off with the Bulldogs is set for 2.30 p.m. Central. Our coverage on the radio begins at 1.30 p.m. across the network. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Everwood. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sport. Mostly cloudy this afternoon. The high today in the upper 40s at 48. Cloudy tonight. More rain moving in. Most of that coming after midnight. The low at 36. Tomorrow, cloudy and cold. Rain during the morning. Diminishing by afternoon. The high at 44. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide 100.9. Or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. My name is Cupid Valentino, the modern day Cupid. And I just want to say one thing Happy Valentine's Day. Say happy Valentine's Day. Every day the Can y'all dig that? Now, when arrows don't penetrate, see. Ah, uh, yeah. Now, now look at here. He shoots straight for your heart. Now, and he won't miss you. But that's alright, y'all won't believe in me anyway, but... Online.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. We do have Valentine's Day upon us, which got me to thinking about first sports love. What was your first love when it came to sports? What about a Jacob Harrison? Which sport did you embrace first as a young lad? You got it when Cupid knocks at you. I'll tell you, while Jacob thinks about that, I'll tell you, for me, it was probably, it was probably baseball because that's what we did as little kids. That was the first sport we were actually able to sort of participate in, right? Yeah. You're going to have to give me this question again. I was getting Charlie on the phone. First sports love, sport. First sport you fell in love with as a lad. Oh, that would that that's way easy because because I'm already a fog man. It's it's football all the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess fishing counts too. And did a lot of fishing with the late grandfather uh, as a young lad. Um, loved football, but I, I played baseball first and pops was such a hardcore softball player, you know, back in those days when I was a little kid, it seemed like every weekend from Memorial Day through Labor Day, we were either on the road with him at a softball tournament somewhere around the southeast, or he was at a softball tournament somewhere around the southeast. So I literally, some of my first recollections of sports are – in bleachers at softball parks, whether it was Atlanta, maybe Montgomery, uh, Orlando, Jacksonville, and sometimes at two or three o'clock in the morning because they'd have these rain delays at these tournaments. So you'd be pushed back and playing all kinds of crazy. That's some of my first memories. I'll say this. I don't know if pro wrestling counts, but religiously tuned into Gordon Sole on Saturday mornings. Absolutely. 
Gordon Sully. And then that would go into the NBC Game of the Week for baseball with Joe Garagiola and Tony Kubek on the call. And so I'd go from Gordon Soley to those guys with the – so it was probably baseball, but it evolved into football. It became football for me, yeah. Let's ask Charlie Potter. Charlie Potter of BamaOnline.com joins us now. Charlie Potter, what was your first sports love? And is it still your first love? Is it still your primary love? Is it your favorite all these years later? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Uh, I've always loved football first. Um, yeah, I played flag football in uh, elementary school. My dad was my coach. Um, you know, we, we had a good run for one year as the Raiders. You had the black and silver, and then for whatever reason, we got unlucky and were the Browns for the next two years, which wasn't that <laughs> cool. Uh, but they had a very simple offense. I was one of those fast little skinny kids, so I played running back. And then, you know, I played um, in middle school. I played ninth grade. I played JV. I played varsity. Um you know, there was a time, I believe it was 10th grade, a lot of my friends quit, but I just I played it because I, I just loved football. So, you know, went out there as a 10th mm-hmm. grader and got beat up by the varsity kids. But, um, you know, I, it's not the only sport uh, I love, but, you know, it, I like the, the team aspect. Um, you know, my dad loves football. And, heck, even now, uh, what I'm doing right now, um, you know, covering the team and, and traveling the games, there are times when um, – you know, we we didn't do it last year, obviously, because of you know the, the pandemic. But I try to get my dad to go with me to one game, and you know he'll go and uh, just get a seat in the crowd and, and wait for me to get out of the press box. So it's a fun game. Um, yeah, you know, I, I played baseball when I was little, but I, I found out that just wasn't for me. I never played basketball um, from a team aspect. But I've always loved watching basketball, and um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the, that's the big three. But football's always been number one for me. Yeah, that's cool. You had the good bond with the uh, on the fraternal side there, uh, very early on. You're lucky because at your age they started the flag football where you could start playing at that level. I guess when you were probably four or five years old, even. Whereas when I was a kid, it started with Pop Warner, and we didn't have even Mighty Mites. They they ended up having what they call Mighty Mites, I guess, for even five year olds back then but i think it was seven or eight you had to be whereas you know baseball you could play a little bit earlier so i guess access has a lot to do with it too when you can really first get involved and speaking of access what about nate oates are we going to hear from him coming up here in just a little bit charlie in regards to once again the health of this team i guess first and foremost and as we saw in the win over south carolina tuesday night Jawan gary now added to that list yeah he's going to talk at about noon um today via zoom and so we'll, we'll get an update on on Jawan gary and um the, the rest of the injuries but it, it really is a, a shame for Jawan because he got his first start you're playing on the road at south carolina he's a guy from columbia so he's back in his hometown he's got some family in the crowd and he doesn't even make it to the first media timeout and goes down with a shoulder injury and um, Nate has already told a, a couple of outlets that you know he's going to be doubtful for the game, so I wouldn't expect him against Georgia this weekend. Um, you know, but we'll see. You know, after further testing, you know what the deal is with with Jawan because he was giving Alabama some good minutes, especially with Herb Jones banged up, with Jordan Bruner still out with that meniscus injury, and um, you know it's just a it's bad timing all around, really, and unfortunate for him. Hopefully, he can bounce back and he's not out too long, but. You know, with with that, it, it makes it even 
harder to to rest a guy like Herb Jones just because you do have uh, another guy in the post that's gone down. I know guys like Alex Reese uh, stepped up in the in the game at South Carolina in place of Gary. Um, you know, James Rojas is available, and I think we're going to talk to them too uh, in a Zoom call later. But you know, it makes it a little more difficult to to rest Herb now. Something I think Alabama fans should probably pay attention to is the fact that the the A and M game uh, was postponed. A and M was supposed to play Florida, and A and M has some COVID issues, and A and M's next on the schedule after Saturday's game for Alabama. So it, it might be a situation where that game gets pushed back or uh, canceled or, or what have you. But that almost might be a blessing in disguise for this Alabama team that's trying to find some windows to give some guys some breathers and to get them rested. Uh, you never want to see a game go, um, you know, to the wayside or anything like that or get pushed back. But, you know, is that a, being a possibility on the schedule? I think that's something to maybe keep an eye out for. With Herb, it's got to be difficult for Nate because there are times in this recent stretch where it's pretty obvious he's not himself physically. Uh, and it's impacted his performance, uh, his ability to execute physically, but then intangibly, you know what what he gives you when he's on the floor is equally undeniable. Uh, it seems like that's what Nate, as much as anything, has to weigh right now until hopefully Herb can get back to somewhere near close to full health. And is that still what you get from Nate Oates? Not only in terms of trying to balance the workload for Herb based on his importance in a couple of different ways, but also the the, the prospect of him improving health-wise. Is, is that still seemingly on track? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the thing that he keeps saying is that, um, you know, resting isn't necessarily going to, to benefit. It's not a guarantee that that's just going to help. Um, the, really, the big setback for Herb is going to be if he gets bumped or hit on that, and they're very cautious. I know he's uh, padded up pretty well, and he hasn't really done much in, in practice. So um, that's a situation where they're just being cautious with it. Um, you know, For him, he's also been getting in foul trouble, which has kept him off the court, which is almost a blessing in disguise just in terms of him not taking as many hits. or you know, He's the guy that's going to step in front of guys and try to take charges and going to be on the floor a lot. So... Um, I think with, with Herb, it's a situation where if his play um, was detrimental to the team, then he would be, you know, they would probably sit him. That would be the decision. But like you said, just all the things that Herb brings to the floor, I know he hasn't been um, you know, contributing as much offensively, but the way that he can run the point, the key guys in the right spots, uh, the defense that he brings, just everything he brings to the table – um, if he's out there and he's able to contribute and it's not just hurting the team, then you, you play him. And with Herb, too, he's a guy that, that, that's going to try to play as, as much and as often as possible. You know, he's not a guy that wants to sit out. So um, it's a tough challenge. It's, it's a tough thing to kind of manage. But, again, it becomes even tougher with the injury to Gary. But um, you know, Herb's a warrior. He's a guy that's going to be out there if he can and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if anything's changed with that later today. But, you know, I, I would expect to see number one out there as much as possible. From the football perspective, I guess it was yesterday we saw the farewell tweet, I guess you could say, from Carl Scott. Uh, been a very good uh, assistant coach, a defensive assistant coach for for Alabama here in the last few years. Um, been kind of quiet, though, I guess, in terms of, 
potential successors. I mean, there's some names that I know you've put out there on BamaOnline.com and uh, you know, connecting some dots and then also some rumblings that perhaps uh, you know a couple of guys are, are better fits than maybe others. Uh, time frame, you think. Uh, I, I, if anything, I guess what we've learned from Nick Saban is that when he's damn well good and ready, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the way it's always been. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. And you know, we had a pretty good list uh, up at BOL. And um, you know, I think with this situation, he's probably interviewed a few guys at this point. Um, who that is remains to be seen. I don't, again, like you said, I don't think he's in any rush, in, in any rush to make a hire. And uh, I, I think that, you know, Saban probably plans to narrow down the list here in the near future. And, there could be a guy that that's not on that list that that makes the cut. And again, I think it was something that we were watching early on to potentially um, look for all positions as a possibility. Maybe you could shake up the staff, move some guys around, and you know add like a defensive line coach or as a linebackers coach, what have you. But right now, it's still looking like a cornerbacks coach. And um, you know, I think we could see some stuff happen here soon. Um, you know, I'm not at liberty to maybe say what, but I think there's some some wheels turning and maybe we get some news here in the near future. Yep. Also know you're doing the re-rankings of uh, Alabama's most important players for 2020, where you go back to your initial rankings of those 25 players and uh, offer a re-ranking. It looks like with number 20, Emil Echior, uh, you pretty much had him in about that same neighborhood going into the season. So with that in mind, uh, Emil Echior uh, as a starter, uh, wire-to-wire starter for the Alabama offensive line there uh, in 2020, uh, lived up to expectations, I'd say. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, that was something that last year we were really talking about is just that, that fifth piece to the offensive line because you had four starters returning. And you know, for a long time we thought that Emil was going to be the guy um, at guard, especially with Evan Neal likely kicking out to tackle, and that's what happened. And you're right. I mean, he, he came in, he, he won the starting job in fall camp, and it was a, a nice compliment to those four returning starters. Uh, he's a guy that, um, yeah, I think he played in 11 games before this season, so he wasn't a stranger to the field, but you know, he found that new home uh, between Landon Dickerson and, and Evan Neal, and I think he played you know, more than 800 snaps, and he only missed one assignment and committed one penalty. And I gave up a, a few sacks, two and a half uh, to be exact, but, um, you know, I think with what they had leaving in Jedrick Wills, who was a, a first-round draft pick, uh, to come in and to really not skip a beat and to help this team win the Joe Moore Award and be a, um, a big reason for the offense's success. Uh, you know, he was ranked 23 in our rankings last summer, so I bumped him up a few spots to 20. Um, you know, now it's going to get tough. Uh, you know, these are always fun to do. Looking back on, you know, how guys performed over the 2020 season really before you, you turn the page to spring practice and uh you know i think for emil he's a guy that lived up to expectations and now you know you look at this this summer whenever i rank the the players for 2020 i think he'll be you know a little bit higher than the number 20 going into the next season well charlie as always my man we appreciate the time uh hope you have a great valentine's weekend as it turns out this year you and the bride i know she with her work as a nurse it's it's kind of uh hit and miss a little bit but uh enjoy the weekend my man we'll do it again next week 
Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes, Charlie Potter. BamaOnline.com does an outstanding job as our senior beat reporter there at BOL, a veteran of the Alabama beat, no doubt. If you haven't already, give Charlie a follow on Twitter at Charlie underscore Potter, P-O-T-T-E-R. Back with more of a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Um. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com. Thanks again to Charlie Potter, my cohort there at BOL, joining us in that previous segment, talking some Alabama hoops and some Alabama football as well. We are also talking about your first love where sports is concerned, getting you ready for Valentine's Day, huh? Getting topical. On a Friday, February the 12th. And it is a Friday, and you are hopefully in love with someone or something. Sports, we know you are. And a lot of feedback on the Twitter, the personal Twitter account, at Travis Ryer, where I posed the question this morning. Double J, baseball for Double J. And he says it's likely because he started T-ball at four and couldn't play football until the third grade. That's essentially... Double J might be about my age, because that's kind of the way it was for us back in the day. Rodney Zielinski on the Twitter says it's football, and that's due in large part to watching Johnny Musso, the Italian stallion, tear up Alban in 1971 that got Rod hooked to the pigskin. Uh, some interesting responses here. Topper on the Twitter says, as a kid, he picked up baseball and football at about the same time, played baseball in high school, but he only weighed 124 pounds as a senior. So football, his true love, wasn't wise. He wrestled instead. Wrestling, man, is the, you're the OG if you wrestled. I admire folks that wrestle because you're just out there. It's just you and the other person in the mat. So uh, props to you, Topper. I never, never had the courage to step out and wrestle. Now, as a fan, Topper says it's college football, and it isn't even close. Jim Waltman on the Twitter says uh, basketball for him. Not many basketballs on this list. Says he started out playing in the church league, went on to the Y, and then next thing you know, JV over there at Central High for the Falcons. Yeah, getting it done on the hardwood. So a lot of fun with that list on a Friday. Pretty good sports weekend on tap for us. Got to take care of that significant other on Sunday, of course. Uh, For mine, the chocolate lady, it'll basically be just leave her alone. You know, it'll be like she just completed the Mercedes marathon or something. For basically this entire week, I sent her off. She was like, uh, 
like she was in the Navy or something, going on a deployment six months or something, six days instead of six months. Said goodbye on Monday, and then I'll catch back up with her Sunday night sometime. (laughs) That'll basically be it. No complaints. No complaints, but uh, just kind of the way it works when you're uh, hitched to someone in the chocolate industry uh, this time of year. And by the way, you can still still get by there, and you can still give them a call at 205-752-0211. Get those orders in. Even got the youngest running deliveries these next couple of days. That's right. Young Tatum Ryer has been enlisted. So if you do have something you'd like delivered, they can do that for you too at Peterbrook Chocolatier. It's the Olympics of chocolate right now over there in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. We're going to step aside to our final break. When we come back, Wes Pops, his first sports love, and again, we'll cringe but hopefully, hopefully Pops has made some positive strides in honoring and celebrating Nana on this Valentine's Day weekend. We'll do that with Pops when Southern Fried Sports returns right after this. Mostly cloudy this afternoon. The high today in the upper 40s at 48. Cloudy tonight. More rain moving in. Most of that coming after midnight. The low at 36. Tomorrow, cloudy and cold. Rain during the morning. Diminishing by afternoon. The high at 44. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Obviously, Valentine's Day is your playlist theme of the day on the program. And if we're going to have pops, it's probably going to involve some Otis Redding right there with some love, man. I don't know if that aptly describes pops, but he does indeed love him some Otis. So there you go, pops. I Otis love Otis Redding. Yeah. <laughs> Black History quite, Month, man. Yeah, it is Black History yeah. Month. Absolutely. And uh, Redden could get it. Ain't Otis, no doubt about it. Sam Cook. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Now, Pops, we're worried about you. What Because happened? we know you have shortcomings in the <laughs> ways of Valentines and birthdays, anniversaries, and the like. Uh, have you made any type of move to secure, no. uh, you know, uh, something it's nice been for Nana? On my mind. I know I need to, Jeez, but, uh, I'm going to get around to it. I'm, uh, it's going to end up being know, a card with Skittles Dixie's again. always the same place. When uh, Dixie hadn't moved, huh? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I will. Pops. I will. Yeah. I'm glad you're reminding me. Yeah. I need we'll all grab and go. We'll grab and go in the floral department, some Skittles, yeah. and yeah, off you go. Find that card. You know, you got to pick that right card out. 
You wouldn't believe this, but Pops's handwriting on cards is maybe the best I've ever seen. It's amazing the handwriting <laughs> on Pops. I guess Pops, your generation handwriting was still important. You know, handwriting it doesn't matter anymore. You know, <laughs> you're right about that. That's for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, what was it you got Nana for Christmas? It was something for the house or something. What'd you get her? What did I get her? I can't even. Uh, it was like a. It was like a new vacuum or something. I want to say or no, something. I think it was a was battery it for baby? a car. Yeah, you got her a car battery for Christmas. Because her battery went dead, and Jeez. I had to go. I had to go out and and pick her up and jump it and get her what home guy. and take the battery out. And so I yeah. think that'd be a great Christmas present. Yeah, instead of triple A, she didn't go. Pops is road much. service. Yeah, I bet she didn't go for that too much. Pops, you know, uh, AC Delco isn't exactly a, a you know every girl's Christmas dream, right? Yeah, yeah, that, she that, didn't buy that. that that's that not exactly from Jared's. Yeah, that's will. not exactly from Jared's. That's not the Lexus with the big bow on it in the driveway. Pops, you know, you see the commercials around Christmas. That's I know not that. she loves that little car. It's the battery in the Lexus, but it's not the yeah, Lexus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pops, Trevor Lawrence throwing up there for your head yeah. coach, Urban Meyer. You know, I missed it this morning. It's supposed to have been on uh, yeah. what, ESPN. I mean, Urban couldn't have been more on top of Trevor Lawrence this morning. I mean, really? he was right on. Oh, my God, you know. I, well, everybody I else, wish you would everybody else is on. Me. I forgot about it. Yeah. Everybody else is over on the sideline. Everybody else is over on the sideline, but not Herb. Herb's got to be right there in the middle of the broadcast, you know. Got to let everybody know. Oh, oh God. my God. Yeah. How did it go? Hey, it was fine. It was just a – it was yeah. ceremonial is the way it felt. It was like, yeah, I'm going to throw, and and the Jags are going to be here. I'm going to the Jags. The Jags right. know they're taking him. So it was kind of just – it felt empty in a lot of ways. He threw 52 passes. They were fine. Right. Um. It wasn't the greatest throwing session I've ever seen. It wasn't the worst. Right. Um, if was Dave, you, was Dabo there? Uh, Dabo was there. Dabo was there. Dabo and Urban right out there together in the oh, middle. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, yes, God. all piled up. All piled I, I up. I need my behind there. kick for not for missing that. You do. You Well, you I need do. your behind I kick really probably do. for many things, but that, yeah. As a Jag fan, I don't know how you. That's pitiful. You didn't, pitiful. but I'll tell you this: you didn't really miss anything, right? You know? Right. You, didn't you think I'd anything. have been disappointed if I'd have watched it? I think I don't think you would have liked Urban being right there in the middle of the workout like he was. I don't. I think you would have thought of that as grandstanding a little bit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Yeah. When everybody, yeah. when everybody Big else is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Over there where they're supposed to be. Yeah, everybody else is over on the sideline. Hey, Pops, we're talking about first loves where sports are concerned this morning. What was your first sport that you fell in love with? The Army-Navy game, by far. So football, okay. That's as far back as I can remember when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, uh, we Dad, you know, he was in the Army in, in uh, mm-hmm. World War Two, and he didn't miss that Army-Navy and I can remember sitting and watching that black and white TV. Uh, uh-huh. And as soon as that game was over, mm. I'd, I'd go outside and play football. <laughs> All right. 
right. See, I guess baseball. That was the first sports event that I ever, as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I would have guessed baseball with you. I didn't know that. Well, baseball was was big, but, I mean, as far as as chomping, because, you know, back in those days, you didn't, sports weren't on every day. Uh The Army-Navy game. And, and the weekly NFL game, which the Redskins were on every Sunday, every Sunday, yeah, yeah, and uh, Washington football team, yeah, the Washington Redskins and uh, Lenny Moore and, and 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 all those guys. I, 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 but the Army Navy game has always stuck with me, and to this day, it's still my Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Mm-hmm. I love the Army Navy game. Now, do you remember your first love in general? Uh, as far as a little uh, Valentine, your first uh, Valentine, you remember her? <laughs> no, and, I and don't. Did she, did she did she reciprocate? Where I mean, you know, a lot of times when you're younger, uh, you, know, you pick out your Valentine, but maybe you're not so much her Valentine pops. Yeah, if you know what I'm saying. Well, you know? you know, I was always afraid of that. Yeah, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't fall for that. You wouldn't put yourself out there. Because I, I didn't want to get hurt, you know. <laughs> Pops. Pops, Jacob. He's so, he's so sensitive, Jacob. Yeah, oh, Pops. yeah. yeah. But you, you know, when you were in elementary school, you had, you'd be out on times for everybody in the class. Right, you know? right. Yeah. But you had it, like you say, yeah. there's As up, upward bound Valentines. Little, yeah, everybody wins. Special Valentine yeah. that you'd pick yeah. out, you know. That's the upward bound Valentine's. No score. They don't keep score, you know. Orange slices and Capri Suns for everybody on Valentine's right. Day. That's what that is. Everybody's a winner. Yeah, I remember those pops. Yeah. Pops, do you have a uh do you have a like candy or sweet treat that you look forward to on Valentine's? Uh do you like uh specific chocolate? Do you like chocolate-covered cherries, chocolate-covered strawberries, things like that? I like, I like co- chocolate-covered uh, cherries. You yeah. like the cordials, yeah. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know. It, it. I love chocolate, period. With the anything. liquid center. I mean, yeah. the, the other day, Locklear sent us yeah. chocolate-covered, uh, um, what do you call them? Uh, Almonds? Che- chewy, long, stringy. Licorice? Not licorice, but uh, what am I trying to say? They're red, yeah. long and red. Huh. I know twist. they do the chocolate. They got twist in them. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think, Pops. You stumped me yes, here. I did. Dang, it burns me up. I'll think of it as soon as I hang up with you. But I had never had one of those. Twizzlers. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, the licorice. Chocolate. Twizzlers. Twizzlers yeah. that she put chocolate coating yeah. on. Yeah, they do that there. Yeah. Well, to look at it, I went, oh, I don't know about this. And, and I took a bite, it. and I loved it. Uh-huh. <laughs> now she's so going to keep shipping them down there. Chocolate on anything, even a Twizzler. Good Lord, I can't even think of Twizzler. Locklear, by the way, is the chocolate lady, in case you, you're not picking you. up on that. But her name's Heather, so Pops... Because her name's Heather, is always called her Locklear, Heather Locklear. Yeah. But a but a chocolate covered Twizzler, I had never yeah. had. What will Nana week. get you for What will Nana get you for Valentine's pops? Oh Lord, she'll get me a card, and you know, mm-hmm. 
she don't, I don't, there, there won't be anything, you know, it's just something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. We've been, we've been around too yeah. long together. Too will there long, be, will there know? be a candlelit dinner maybe? And, uh, <laughs> rose petals well, across the bed pops, rose petals, maybe. No, no. Okay. Lord, no. All right. She gives right. on to me because I get chocolate on the bed sheet all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's so romantic, Pops. Oh, she brings geez. my chocolate ice cream in there while I'm watching. Did you see Belmont last night? Uh, basketball? I did not. Yeah. No. They got no, a good little thing. Anyhow, I'm watching. She brings me a, my chocolate ice cream in there, and, of course, I get a little chocolate on the bed, and she goes nuts. <laughs> you don't mind sleeping in the chocolate ice cream, though. No, you, not at all. You bathe in no. it. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, all right, pops. Well, y'all have a y'all have a good weekend. Y'all do. I'll talk trouble. at you later, buddy. All Bye. right, man. Yeah, he's a love man. All right. Jeez. Chocolate ice cream in the bed. Oof. That's pops. That's pops on a Friday. That's gonna do it for a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports. It's time to get out of here. The lunch whistle on this Friday, Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard, North Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. I'll tell you what, they're putting those chocolate dipped strawberries from Peterbrook on the cheesecake, on the desserts there at Southern Ale House this weekend. So you've got the one-two punch for a Valentine's weekend right there in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Southern Ale House, Peterbrook side by side. Trust me, you're not going to go wrong. You're not going to go wrong with that one-two punch. Thanks again to Jacob Harrison for producing the show. Pops, Charlie Potter, we always appreciate those guys as well. Until 11 a.m. on Monday, have a great weekend, everybody.